and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today, we are once again joined by Scott Stevens, County Administrator for the County. Welcome, Scott. Well, Renee, great to be back. Thank you for that welcome. It's good to have you. I think it's been about a month. (laughs) It has been. It seems like a lot of things go on month to month. A lot of things. Let's just jump into it. What do you have to talk to us about today? Um, Well, you know, first, I do want to tell folks, if they have questions about what we're doing in local government, particularly James City County, call us, right? We're here to answer those questions. That's the intent of these podcasts is to share information. But if they'd like to talk to me, I'd be happy to do that at 757-253-6603. So okay. I just want to make sure I don't forget that right. for our community. thought I'd cover at least uh, and highlights of some of the board meetings in May uh, since we're uh, moving this along. A lot of proclamations that the board um, had presented in May. Safe Boating Week, Adult Abuse Prevention, Foster Care Month. Um, so, again, an important topics all, and we just encourage the community to get involved in those areas that it matters. One, be safe, whether it's on the water or off. But all of those other areas matter in our community as well. So please get involved where you feel a calling. Um, several contracts awarded, a multi-purpose field improvements at the Recreation Center, uh, public safety, physical, storm drain repairs, our annual uh, HVAC contract for county facilities. So the board did approve that. One of the items that uh, generated uh, some discussion for the community was a Bush Gardens height limitation uh, waiver, uh, right. which they were ex- expressing something for around 350 foot. And for a point of reference, I think the mock tower is about 250 foot. So okay. something that is significantly taller. Uh, those height limitations are something similar above 300 that have been approved some years ago. That project has moved on, but this is a project that would be two years out. And the board did ask after hearing public comment um, or concern, did push that a decision on that until their June 11th meeting. Okay. So uh, another community meeting, I believe, is being held with the Kings Mill community. Uh, and Bush Gardens would, would was willing to do that to just try to help folks understand what uh, the impacts might be to them. But so that seemed to be our most controversial item uh, in May. Uh, the board did adopt our FY2020 budget. So mm-hmm. we talked an awful lot about that last month. So I won't right. go back into the details of that, except to say there is no tax increase. There is a fee for recycling, the curbside recycling. If residents want to continue that, beginning in October, it will be $7 per month. And I'm going to talk more of that in a moment. Okay. And then the other fee increases were related to Parks and Rec, which about a 10% fee on our recreation uh, center fees, as well as other camps and so forth. Okay. So uh, n- not significant, but there were some increases in cost in terms of fees within the FY 2020 budget. And then lastly, as part of the May uh, normal meet, regular meeting, the board did adopt an I-64 resolution. Uh, I-64, if you hadn't noticed, has been widening steadily towards yes. and through James City County. Uh, current project is underway that takes it up to exit 234. And then there is funding identified at the state level within the Virginia Department of Transportation to complete the remaining miles between Exit 234 in York or James City County area uh, back into Bottoms Bridge area towards Richmond. Okay. And so our request in the resolution was to support that funding, but to ask that the state consider beginning on our side, right, where this current project along Interstate 64 is occurring, that the next project we'd like to start where that one ends and go towards Richmond versus starting in Richmond and coming towards James City County. Sure. So, uh, again, good news either way, but that was just a request of the board to uh, the State Department of Transportation. In their work session in May, the board did talk about our space needs study that the county's undertaking. We've been doing it for a couple months now, and it was really just an update from the consultants doing that work. And our intent is It's not talking building types or where they're located. It's talking about office space. If we're a community of this size today, looking at communities that are larger than us in the future, what what do they need in terms of square footage for office space 
generally. So it's to give the board and staff some idea of going forward what our space needs might be. And then that will lead to a facilities assessment, which is included in our FY 2020 budget, which will look at specific facilities and their condition so we can get an idea of what it costs to maintain what we have versus what it costs to expand so we can make good decisions for the community going forward. Now, when you're talking space study, office space study, you're talking for the county government as it's as a whole or are you talking about for general economic development we are talking about county government okay. so i appreciate the clarification on that included in that we're going to look at the courthouse so okay. we're looking at the courthouse as well which is jointly funded by city of williamsburg and james city county and we're going to look at the uh, school system administration only so we're not okay. looking at schools okay we're looking at space for administration and again that is jointly funded in terms of the funding for school administration by uh, the city and james city county but okay the county's paying for the space needs study, fairly low cost to add those two in, will help us understand what those units may need as well going forward. Sure. Uh, the county also, we've had a number of requests for naming of facilities or roadways or th- memorials. And rather than just name a number of things and not uh, maybe think what precedent that might set, the board did uh, instruct us to move forward with what some other communities have already established this policy so they can really adopt a policy at the board level of what they would like to do in terms of considering uh, naming county facilities or other things for people. And so more discussion to come on that. Okay. We did talk about the Eastern uh, Virginia Regional Industrial uh, Facility, and we joined that last fall. Some operating costs coming up. The board was concerned with operating costs. They certainly want to remain a participant in that. And I think there are some funding opportunities out there, grant funding-wise, that will allow us to remain a member of that. So it was just an update to the board to talk about that newly formed organization that's had two meetings. And any new organization has some growing pains, and it's having its as well. So we're working through those. Okay. And then the last thing that we had talked about uh, was Jolly Pond Dam and our uh, concern uh, with safety of that dam and people traveling, particularly in vehicles, across that dam. And um, the board did instruct us to begin the abandonment process. We really presented them with the opportunity to either abandon the public's right of way to go across that dam or that we needed to fix it because okay. it's, uh, in our opinion, unsafe for people to travel across it. To get, And the board did instruct us to do that. So we're beginning the abandonment process, the, the June 11th meeting, that will be a resolution that would go through some commenting period. And so we'll see where that ends up. Okay. Uh, subsequent to that meeting, we did close Jolly Pond uh, Road at the dam. And we've had a lot of conversation. We've put a, um, some information on social media. We've tried to communicate that. It was a sudden closing, so I do apologize for that. But it's one of those areas that the the dam has been in trouble for many years. It's got a long history, uh, built, I believe, in the late 1700s. I think it's a a very old structure, has trees growing within it. Uh, VDOT did maintain the roadway across it some years ago. And back in the 09-2012 time frame, uh, VDOT abandoned the section of roadway across the dam. There was a hurricane that, or a tropical storm that actually damaged it, which I guess brought it into attention of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, VDOT abandoned the road at James City County's request because they, they, VDOT, were not intending to reopen it. The community asked for the county's assistance. The county did step in and agreed to reopen it and basically assume the liability and the maintenance responsibility for the asphalt section of the roadway going across the dam. The dam has been privately owned for a very long time, maybe forever, but certainly for the time that VDOT owned it, it was privately owned. And for the time that we've maintained that asphalt across the top, it has been privately owned. And so uh, as we look back, I don't think there was ever any plan long term to fix. I think the hope was one, we could reopen it and that the wear and tear across the structure would not be significant. 
Well, last summer we had an inspection done based on some staff investigating and just seeing some voids beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. And they did have an inspection done that led us to believe that the stability of the structure creates some concern. And so from an asphalt standpoint, we maintain the asphalt. Anything we do below subsurface requires a modification permit from the state to work on the dam. And so the dam being privately owned, the state said we need to have a current operation and maintenance permit for the dam, which the owner does not have. So the owner has to work through that before we can get an amendment to do the subsurface work below the asphalt. So we've been talking about that since last July. And quite frankly, with me coming on board, while it was important, it's one of those things that we've had conversations about. We just hadn't gotten to the point of bringing it to the board for some decision. And as a staff side, we were worried with safety of the community traveling across it, whether it's the residents there or just people headed to the, the transfer facility or garbage convenience center. Um, and we did bring it to the board in May, and again, the board is taking the action to start the process of abandoning. Um, we are still working through that and talking to the community. We're happy to to meet with residents. Uh, we'll see what comes out of our June 11th meeting. Um, it is an inconvenience for sure. We've heard that over and over. We absolutely understand that, but we also don't want somebody hurt crossing it. Right. And that really is our our concern from a staff side, and I think as we learn more about the dam, as, as I understand to fix it really means to remove the trees from it and to have soils that can, uh, are suitable for use in a dam. And I don't believe the soils that are in that dam would meet today's current standards. So okay. to me, that likely means rebuilding the dam or building a dam in front of it, so to speak. And so I think there's some options, but I think all of them are very costly. Number one, it's private, so we still right. have to work through who owns it. Right. Uh, we have other dams throughout the county that we'd have to consider, I think, as well, if we start uh, repairing this one. Um, and then where we are is trying to make it safe. And so we will have those discussions. If it is ultimately closed in terms of the public right to go across it, the property owner could still work with um, those interested in crossing it and have some agreement with them if he's willing to do that. It just, it removes the liability from the county and its residents to him as an individual. And so whether he is willing to do that, I don't want to speak for him, but I think that's possible. Whether people could walk across it or bike across it, really is not a county decision. It really will be up to the property owner of his comfort level with people's safety and liability coming across a structure that in the end could be a private structure and a private asphalt on top of it. So that's okay. uh, more to come on that. Any, any questions? You've been involved in that, but anything I've left out of significance to Jolly Pond? I don't Road think so. I don't think so. I just know that it has not been an easy decision. It has not been, and we do care. It's one right. of those things that we know we've created a significant inconvenience to the community, mm-hmm. and we certainly want to share information, and we've tried to do that through social media and some other outlets. So we'll continue that effort. Okay. Um, a couple of things I want to mention. Recycling recap. I said I would come back to that. We've right. talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were spending, we, James City County, about half a million dollars a year on recycling. We were doing that through general fund revenues. So we provided recycling containers to 25,000 houses within James City County. Not all the houses, but almost. Mm-hmm. Um, in rebidding the contract and changing the markets, and not just an issue here in the Hampton Roads area, it's an issue nationwide with recycling, our costs went from about $1.60 something a month per household to closer to $6. By the time we add in billing, it's about 7 That took the county cost from about half a million to almost $2 million. Wow. And rather than put that just on general property taxes, the discussion with the board was make it optional. So it is a fee if you want to have curbside recycling that will be $7 a month that should cover the cost of that program. That's the intent is to make the program self-sufficient um, and people have a choice so they can pay it for the convenience of having the curbside or not. 
what will happen is the end of June, their old container will go away. They mm-hmm. will be delivered to new containers. We change contractors. We will send a bill in August that we will expect payment in September. For those that pay it, uh, they will continue to have curbside recycling after, uh, recycling after October 1st. For those that choose not to pay it, their container will be removed, and they can take their recyclables, which I hope they'll do, to one of our three convenience centers Mm -hmm. and drop them off at no charge. And our goal isn't to stop people from recycling. We believe there's still a a very good um, need for recycling, that it it is environmentally the right thing to do. Uh, But it also comes at a cost as the global markets are changing. And we're going to send out a lot of information in June of from videos to news releases to website information to a package of information that shows up with your new can at the end of June, Mm -hmm. trying to help people understand what's going on, how recyclables are processed, and and what they can recycle. And and what you put in the container does matter. So the real slogan is, if you have a doubt, then throw it away. Don't put it in recycling because it creates some problems through the the recycling process of separating that material because in the end, our contractor does have to separate it out so that the metals go one place, the plastics go another, the paper products go another, and so forth and so on. And the more debris that's in there can contaminate the other materials there and make that sorting process more difficult and therefore more costly to the contractor and ultimately back to us as the consumer. So uh, we'll be sending more information if, if residents have questions, please don't hesitate to call us on that or ask. And again, our goal is to help them understand what's going on uh, and why the changes are occurring and what they can recycle. Uh, Now, I believe that you're probably not a poet, but I think that the actual expression is when in doubt, throw it out. Well, I knew I said it not (laughs) quite right. So I appreciate that correction. Away is also good. But if for those of us that like to rhyme, very out. nice. And there a poet, go. I am not. So I appreciate that <laughs> clarification on that and making sure we're getting the right information That's out. Right. And uh, again, we, we do understand that's created some concern. I've talked sure. to a number of civic clubs and other groups uh, over the last three months. Um, nobody's excited about the $7 fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, most have, have been okay with the fee. They seem to be much more concerned about, hey, when I put something in recycling, is it really getting recycled? Right. Uh, we do have uh, some clauses in our current contract to to do a better job of tracking that. I can't guarantee it 100%, but we believe the materials you're putting there are being handled in a proper way and are ending back up into the market as a recycled product. And we're doing more and more each day as we move forward of trying to verify that information and make sure that our efforts and our money, your money, is being spent in the right way to do the things that we want it to go for. So uh, more to come on that. But um, uh, we've talked a lot about recycling and we're close to the change. Uh, nothing different for the residents other than a new container beginning mm-hmm. July. No cost to them for curbside recycling until October 1st. Mm-hmm. And in October is when they would be paying that $7 a month. Okay. They'll be paying in advance if they want to remain. And if not, there's several ways to opt out. Okay. Very good. All right. Uh, a couple staff changes I'd like to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about our FMS or Financial Management Services Director, Sue Mellon, who retired uh, at the end of April. So uh, we, she seems to be reemployed and doing very well. We've had very some good. communication with her. But I have promoted Sharon Day uh, mm-hmm. into that position. Sharon served as the interim uh, FMS Director. Uh, I went through a process of, of looking to see who was interested. 
by far Sharon was the most uh, well best qualified for the position, mm-hmm. and so we have made her official as of June. So I just want to congratulate Sharon and let the community know that she's there. If you have a financial question of us, she definitely has that information. If you ask it of me, I'll be asking Sharon. Right. And so uh, <laughs> uh, at any rate, she'll be helping you whether you know it directly or not. But Absolutely. I am excited to have her there. Also, we have Amy Jordan, who is leaving our economic development department. And on an interim basis, I have Chris Johnson serving as our interim economic development director. Uh, Chris has been in that role for about three or four weeks now, doing an excellent job for me. Mm-hmm. I'm real excited to have him out there. And uh, uh, he was the chaperone of our LPA, LPGA golf event last mm-hmm. week. And I will tell you, an hour or two is fun. And I spent an hour <laughs> or two most days there. Uh, Chris and his staff were there from beginning to end every day. And that that's work. Yeah, I mean, that it, it is can look work. like fun, but that's a that's a long day and yes. but we had good turnout and we feel like it was well worth our staff's time there and again, certainly good for our community. Uh, the other staff change I'd like to mention is we had Greg Walker from Social Services retire and was mm-hmm. recognized at the Board of Supervisors meeting. I want to thank Greg for his service and then I want to thank him for coming and letting us present him publicly mm-hmm. and thank him for that service as well. So more to come in the future, I'm sure, as people move along. And, yeah. um, but uh, good changes, I think, at this point, And we wish those that are leaving us uh, um, good good fortunes as well. Very good. Um, activities. I did mention the LPGA event. I, it really was fantastic. I hope folks in the community were able to be part of that. The, the professional golfers there are just really down-to-earth people who are very mm-hmm. willing to inter- interact with those that are around and are very appreciative. And all we heard were great things about Kings Mill and great things about James City County and Williamsburg. So I think really good national recognition for our community during the last week. Absolutely. Uh, many activities in the region for, in June. I don't have a lot of specifics for us because there's almost too many to list. But right. I would just encourage people to look for things to do. There are lots of things to do, if not every day, every week. So certainly uh, within the Hampton Roads region, there's plenty of activities and I would encourage people to be part of that. Specifically for James uh, City County, we do have our Jamestown Jam series that has started. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our one in June is June 28th, six o'clock to eight o'clock. The band, I believe, is the Tight Slacks. Okay. Um, I don't know the Tight Slacks. I do not either, uh, but we will after the concert. We certainly will. at 6 o'clock, beginning at our Jamestown Beach Event Park, again, June 28th. So folks will have to plan a little bit in advance, but I Mm -hmm. would encourage folks to come. A free event and generally well uh, received. Mm -hmm. And then we have a commemoration of events that occurred 400 years ago at the Jamestown Settlement that will be celebrated in July. So I really intend to talk more about those events at the end of June or our next podcast, Mm -hmm. Uh, but just for folks to be looking for forward to that, that there are a lot of July events that are pretty significant related to our American history and things that Mm -hmm. occurred within this community. Mm -hmm. So more to come on that. Final notes for me, uh, hurricane season. We're back to that already. I know you were at a hurricane conference as I was at least for a day um, in the last month, but June to November. So Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk more about that. It's not usually a time in June for us, but it could be. It could be. And the basic message that I think we try to uh, relay to the community is you need to be prepared to take care of your family for a period of three to five days. That's food, water, medicines, flashlights, radios, all those things Mm -hmm. that if you didn't have power and you didn't have running water and you couldn't get to the grocery store, how would you take care of you and your loved ones for a period of three to five days? And so more to come on that. There's a lot of resource out there, but I just want to at least kick off the beginning of hurricane season with a message to remind folks to be prepared, whatever the event may be, um, that you can look after your family for a period of days if you need to. All right. And those preparations are also helpful for tornadoes or severe thunderstorms, anything like that that we experience in the spring as well. Absolutely. Or any other unexpected thing that could come up. So always um, it pays 
pays to be prepared and think about those things and what you would do to react. And again, I would encourage people to get outside, look for activities. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you need me or county staff, don't hesitate to give us a call. Again, the number for me, Scott Stevens, your county administrator, 757-253-6603. And we will return the call. So don't hesitate to reach out to us. All right. Very good. Well, that seemed easy. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. I have to ask you a couple of fun questions. Great. And I had to get a new list because I think you've answered all of the other ones. So now I have a hundred questions. Right. I'm so excited. All right. First one. And I, I don't think we've asked anything similar to this before. So what would you do if you won the lottery? Besides, you'd continue to come to work, I'm sure. At least for a while. <laughs> okay. You know, that's yeah. one of those um, won the lottery questions. You know, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, it's one of those things that would take a little while for it to settle in. Sure. You know, um, most of us are at work because we need the income, and that's certainly mm-hmm. true for me. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy what I would do, so I'd have to figure out what that thing is going to be. Do you stay in a job that really is uh, something you enjoy but is a little more scheduled? Do you move to some way of giving back in a community that's in a different fashion? And I don't have the right answer for okay. that. Okay. Um, you know, I could have a newer car. Sure. I could have newer things. I don't really need more things necessarily. Um, So the answer is I'm really not sure. I'd always (laughs) said that I would give some amount of money to the community I was in to do a public project. Okay. Now I haven't won it. And I guess if I win it, I'll be committed to that because I made that comment. Right. Um, And I don't know what level, but if depending on the amount, I'd love to fix our marina and let the county not have to run that. That would be a project that uh, would be a lot of fun to be tied to for uh, the years to come. So uh, a fun thing to think about, but I, I really haven't thought of that being a realistic possibility okay uh, well we can start to work on that news release though scott stevens wins the lottery repairs marina there you i love go. it i can I do love that it. i could do that all right last question what's your okay there's a word in here that i have to delete because it's favorite and i know that you don't like answering favorite questions huh. which is okay because huh. you like lots of different things that's right I am assuming that you have a lot of family memories, and it could be your family of origin. It could be your kids. It could be whoever you want. What family traditions do you have that you enjoy? Um, gosh, you know, my family is relatively small, so mm-hmm. we're a fairly close family. And um, I will tell you, one of the things that um, is true to me, my, my first 40 Thanksgivings were spent in Yorktown okay, or York County, okay. uh, Seaford, Virginia, where my grandmother was. And so in terms of memories, and that tradition has changed now. My grandmother passed about nine years ago. Uh, but we spent every Thanksgiving here until I was 40-something. And wow. that is, uh, they were always good times, uh, even if the weather was cold or if the weather was warm. We had neighbors that we played volleyball with against a day or two ahead of Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving Day for years and years. And all those we played a lot of cards. We went to the pottery went before Thanksgiving. And, mm-hmm. and again, just all those things of this area around Thanksgiving um, that was really um, great memories for me of family. We, My grandma and I played lots of cards, lots yeah. of cards. And What um, kind of card games? Um, anything that came out. She really liked bridge, and it okay. took a while for me to be able to understand bridge. Okay. So in the early days, it was you know spades and hearts and uno and other little tile games. Right. But, uh, um, those memories are all all really, really good memories. Very nice. Yeah. See, good job. Very good. <laughs> right, well, we are glad that you have now, though, come to James City County. York County is great. Don't get me wrong, but... Understood. I'm yes. glad to be here as well. Very good. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we will definitely do this next month. Sounds great. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
As always, please take a moment to go online and subscribe to our podcast. That way you'll be sure to never miss an episode. While you're online, we have a forum where you can give us feedback. We love feedback, positive, negative. We just want to hear from you. So if there are things that you wish we did a little bit differently on the podcast, if there are topics that we haven't covered that you want to know more about, please complete that form on the internet and let us know. You can find us at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And that wraps it up and we will talk with you next week.